What a great pleasure it is to welcome to What's Next, Anton Ossip, who is the Chief Executive Officer of Discovery Insure, uh, the company that insures my vehicle, just as a, as a FYI and as a disclosure. So I'm not going to ask him any favorable questions, but I'm a very happy customer of Discovery Insure. Um, but Anton, uh, welcome to the show. I mean, um, Firstly, it's been a very interesting two years as we come out of this pandemic. I know Discovery um, on the on the health side has been, you know, going through all sorts of things and involved in all sorts of projects. And I imagine that with Insure, you've also faced your own challenges at Insure. Um, Aki, firstly, great to see you. Um, thanks for having me on your show. Um, it's been a, a very interesting and and uh, and quite tricky two years. I think in in many respects. I think people just adjusting in the early days of the pandemic pandemic to a new way of of how people manage their assets. You know whether they're driving their car or not driving their car, and you know all the sort of you know motor insurance related questions that came from that. Um, to now we kind of you know moving into a slightly new normal, um, different to what we've had in the past. And I think managing any business in that environment has its has its challenges. Um, I think we've been blessed for the business to be really, really strong, I think, during that time in terms of being able to, to grow our business, um, you know, bring on a lot more customers um, and bring in a lot more innovation, I think, into the, into the product. So, you know, our colleagues have been busy with vaccinating people. We've actually been busy with fixing potholes um, on the streets of Johannesburg, oh, wow. you, may have, you may have seen. Um, have. We've, we started this initiative called Pothole Patrol. So, you know, we've all been involved in, in different things, but I think all of them have, have a role to play in society. Yeah. Yeah, listen, the, hot, the, the, potrol, the potholes have been quite horrendous. Just out of interest, I don't know if you have that number off the top of your head, um, you know, road damage and potholes and that sort of thing, have you seen a sharp increase in the last, say, two and a half, three years with uh, damage insurance claims regarding, you know, as a result of a pothole? Absolutely. I mean, so we saw to climb up really as sort of, you know, the state of the roads, um, you know, were came under pressure. A lot of it during because of COVID, you know, there were months and months where there was no roadworks that could take place because of the COVID lockdown provisions. Um, and then, you know, add to that the rain that we've had. We've had yes. a really heavy sort of period of rain over the last sort of six to nine months or so. So, so that certainly hasn't helped. Um, you know, we wanted to get involved and, and work with the city of Johannesburg to try and make a difference to the roads because as an insurance company, we obviously see the, we're on the other side of, um, of, a, of a pothole in terms of the damage that it causes, um, both to property and to life. Um, you know, we have so many tragic situations of, of people that are in accidents and some of them pretty bad because of, of potholes. So we, we started this initiative, um, you know, we partnered with the city, we partnered with Dial Direct, um, and I think we've made a, a significant difference in terms of fixing um, you know, over 80,000 potholes we fixed um, since we started this in May. Um, you know, we're doing many thousands every single, every single month. And I think the population, you know, has, has appreciated, the population of Johannesburg has appreciated, you know, the impact. Um, that, you know, we're not doing all of it. Obviously, the city um, has, yes. a, you know, obviously a big team of people and they're fixing lots of potholes all the time. We're really supplementing that and, and trying to add to that. So, so we have seen a great effect. We've seen our pothole, claim, uh, pothole claims reduce in Johannesburg while it's gone up in the rest of the country. So that's an, a key indication that it is working. I'm sure a lot of your actuaries are a bit relieved in Johannesburg. But uh, what, what an amazing success story it's been. I mean, I remember being in an office uh, just before the launch of Discovery Insure. I think you were there at your old buildings in uh, on, on, on West Street, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, it's unbelievable to think that Discovery Insure has turned 10 
uh, last year. So you'll be 11 this year. I mean, the last 10 years have been really interesting. What, 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 what learnings have you guys had over the last 10 years? And what, what does it look like for the next term years, next 10 years as a short-term insurer uh, from your perspective? And you've adopted so many new technologies. And at the time, I was blown away by, by what you guys are doing. I'm excited to hear about the next 10 years. But what's it been like up to now? And what does the next 10 years look like? So, Aki, when we started our business, the whole kind of core of the business is could we get people to drive better and through that reduce the number of motor accidents you know, you know, through our client base and more broadly across society. So it was the Vitality um, shared value concept, shared value insurance concept that we wanted to apply to the world of motor insurance. Um, and I think, you know, through that kind of start, you know, 10, 10 and a half years ago, it's led us down this remarkable journey of finding so many other areas that we could influence. So, you know, for example, just keeping people safe. So not only looking after their, their actual uh, physical assets, their car, their home, you know, all the other possessions that they, pos that they have, which we ensure, but also looking after them as individuals. So the safety features of um, impact alert, where we're able to assist people at the, you know, as soon as they have an accident. And we hear these stories every single day where someone's in a serious accident, Discovery Insure reaches out to them almost instantaneously because we have the data that our device tells us there's been a heavy G-force taking place on the vehicle. So, you know, the kind of concept around Formula One is what we kind of thought about in the early days of Discovery Insure, where, you know, in the pits, you know exactly what's going on with your vehicles, you know exactly the G-forces that are taking place. We've applied that in scale, where we have over 300,000 vehicles, and we know, you know, how those vehicles effectively are, are, are being driven. And if someone's in, a, in an accident, it could be a significant accident, they could be unconscious, we're able to reach out to them and send an ambulance out immediately. And the stories I hear, I mean, I, I, I remember someone coming to my office a few weeks ago, they were, happened to be in the building, um, you know, it was someone, you know, doesn't work for, for Discovery, um, and they were coming to visit someone in the building, they, they had to come and see me to tell me about a serious accident that they had over December, where their car lost control, you know, with their family on the way back from holiday, um, and they went, you know, like a couple hundred meters off the road, they were taken by losing control of their car, came to an abrupt stop, and as soon as they got out the car, um, there was a phone call, Hard's Discovery Insure, we know you've been in an accident, we're sending out an ambulance. Um, and they said, no, no, we're okay, you don't have to send an ambulance. And they said, no, no, we know it's a serious accident. You know, you obviously are confused, we're sending out an ambulance. And the person was just so grateful that someone was there to look after them. And, you know, that we do that every single day in, in high numbers. Um, and that, so, so they're kind of using technology to keep people safe was, was something that we really have found incredibly um, effective over, you know, over time. Um, as well as other, you know, preventing other uh, types of insurance events. You know, we were the first to pioneer weather alerts um, yeah. where we, we, we worked out a couple years ago, about probably eight, nine years ago, that we can actually tell with high level of probability if there's going to be a hailstorm. So if we have this information and we have a bit of notice, let's tell our, our customers in real time based on where they actually are because, again, we have telematics data that tells us that you may be, you know, you may live in Ramburg, but you're driving in, you know, in uh, some other part of, of the city. We'll tell you based on where your vehicle is if you're likely to get involved in a, in a hailstorm. And then you can decide if you can take, you know, precautionary action against that. Obviously, if you, you can't, you, you can't. You know. Do you know how many times that has saved me, Anton, that SMS to say that there's, there's a likely, high likelihood of hail in your area and I just avoid the area, and then bam, you read about it in the newspaper after it, so, or you read about it on the, on, online. But that, that SMS alert has helped me so many times. 
Great. So it's, it's kind of led us down this interesting journey of using technology um, to keep people safer and to keep their assets safer. And, and, and we've loved it and we're finding more and more things kind of all the time. I think the other important thing for us is, you know, the perception of insurance is a grudge spend. You know, we've kind of, by, by having this in regular interaction with our customers, rewarding them all the time for being a good driver. On a weekly basis, we reward them with discovery miles. You know, the, the most valuable currency you can get now is discovery miles. If you use it, you know, use it to, to effectively buy just about anything that you can buy on the discovery store in terms of, of using your miles. You can earn a significant amount of discovery miles for driving well. Um, to the monthly rewards where you get a discount on fuel, and I think we all know how valuable a discount in f fuel is right now, where the fuel price is and, and where it's potentially going. Um, you know, to all the safety features I've spoken about before. So it turns insurance from, from just something where you pay every single month reluctantly um, and you hope you never use it by never having to have a claim to a whole lot of regular interaction on a positive nature. And, and, and I think that's been, been interesting for us, the, this kind of shift in kind of thinking, you know, from traditional insurance to a really a whole ca a new category. We, you know, we believe this is almost a whole new category in itself of sort of, yeah. you know, shared value insurance and how it operates. That's fascinating. And, and you know, I, I found myself, for example, the, the fact that you've gamified it is one thing, but I, I get irritated if I get like uh, bad marks on my driving. And he has a 54 year old like uh, judging himself, but it, it, it really forces you to drive better, right? Um, and the, the question I have for you, I don't know if there's analysis or stats on this, but are discovery drivers safer drivers than drivers who are covered by other insurance companies? So, so we've definitely got stats that shows that our clients, um, you know, when they join us, they are better drivers. Yeah. So, so, you know, we see it in our numbers. I mean, it's, you know, we see our, 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 the numbers when clients join us, they improve their driving behavior within the first 30 days by 15%. So there's a 15% improvement in their driver score within the first 30 days. Um, then we found that a high percentage of them retain that high level of driving. They don't go back to their old ways because we constantly are reminding them about what good driving is all about. So that kind of comes together to provide favorable um, loss ratios or claim ratios. So if you compare our motor claim ratios you know, two general motor claim ratios in the market, they are favorable. Um, you know, the, the difference is always hard to compare from one company to another, but in terms of, of better drivers, we are pretty confident that discovery drivers are the safest drivers on the road. Um, another important stat is that our gold and diamond drivers, we haven't had one fatality in 11 years um, wow. being a gold or diamond driver. So, so it kind of says if you drive like that, there's no reason why you're going to be why you're going to be subject to a fatal motor vehicle accident. There's there's no reason for that, you know, because you know people generally think that accidents are caused by someone else. The reality is that most of the accidents are caused by yourself. You know, if you are a responsible driver, you'll be able to avoid an accident. Yes. You won't cause an accident in the first place, and ultimately you'll keep yourself safe. So um, definitely, we believe that discovery insured drivers are the safest drivers, are the best drivers, um, and hopefully makes a difference to those around them that other people start driving better. Amazing stuff, Anton. I mean, you guys have been at the forefront of innovation. You know, I alluded to that time where I came into your offices and I heard about Discovery Insure for the first time. Uh, and and at, the, at the time, what you were introducing was groundbreaking in South Africa. You spend a lot of money and, and you invest a lot of money into your research and development for Discovery Insure specifically. Now, this 
obviously means annual product updates. You keep enhancing the system. You keep changing your system. And obviously your competitors are now starting to copy what you guys have been doing. Uh, so you guys have to keep adding that tech-enabled safety offering uh, for your personal lines and your business clients. Um, tell us about that research and development and how Discovery Insure stays ahead. So it's a big focus of ours. It's, it's really in the DNA of the company to constantly innovate and find better ways of doing things because there's always a better way of doing something and the better way of providing solutions for our customers, our advisors, and really sort of the whole ecosystem that we operate within. Um, so on an annual basis, we have what we call the Discovery Day um, launch, where we launch new products. Um, if I just think back to 2021, where we launched um, in March last year, um, where we did a, a full launch across our individual business and our commercial business um, and launched a number of new features. Um, I'll, I'll talk to a couple of them. One is a motion alert, um, where we introduced a feature that if your car drives, um, and you're not in the car. So someone else takes your car, it's either being stolen or someone's taking your car without your permission. Um, the, the device that we installed in your car recognizes that effectively you're not driving your vehicle. Um, we reach out to you by phone um, to say, Aki, we see your car's driving, you know, you're not in the car, we want to just check you're okay. Um, and very often it may be, no, it's, you know, no one should be driving my car. My car's obviously been stolen. And it gives us an early, very, very early indication that we need to invoke a recovery process. And we run a full recovery process ourselves. We run a 24-hour call center within Discovery Insure. We don't outsource it, outsource it to anyone else. And we go and we'll try, obviously, recover the, the vehicle. And if we can't get hold of you, then you may be under duress. There may be issues. And we can obviously you know, do something about that. That's motion alert. Um, we also, in our commercial business, launched a number of new products. So we, we've taken what we've done for the, the personal lines or the individual market, and we've made it available for the fleet market. Um, but last year, we extended it to heavy commercial vehicles. So big trucks on the road um, are obviously an important stakeholder in the whole system of road um, usage. And we want to make sure that they're driving as safely as possible. So we introduced rewards for, um, for, for tr truck drivers um, for the company itself in terms of managing their fleet well. Um, and we actually launched a piece of technology that goes live, funny enough, tomorrow, actually. Tomorrow's a live date. We've been, we've been piloting it over the last few weeks or so. Um, it's effectively, it's an in-cabin um, camera um, called DriveView, where it's, we've developed it together with the company that we, a partner of ours in, in Boston that, we, um, that we're involved in and we, you know, we're a shareholder in, where effectively it's a camera inside the cabin. So it's looking forwards at the driver and, and whoever else is in the cabin, and it's looking outwards, out the window. Um, it's recording all the time, um, but effectively storing information where required. So we're not storing every single second of driving information. We're, we're storing the important information. It's got a fleet portal that allows the company, the fleet company, to go in and be able to download um, some of that information to see you know, how the driver's driving. And if there's an accident, to be able to actually pull that information so you can actually see what was happening when there was an accident both in the cabin and outside the, the vehicle. Um, and it also, at the same time, measures driving behavior. So we can see if the truck is driving too fast, if it's driving too aggressively, you know, where it's driving, when it's driving. So all that information is all in the same you know, piece of technology that fits very neatly on the, on the windshield. So you know, we've made it available now to the heavy vehicle, um, trucking vehicle market. Um, and over time, we may make it available to other bases of, of users. And, and I think the technology that it allows us to go down and the things we can do um, I think are going to be quite interesting. I think mean, just watch watch that space in terms of, of ideas we have.
Gee, that's absolutely fascinating. Well, look, it, it, it's incredible to see how Discovery Insure has evolved, right? I mean, from just vehicles to heavy-duty vehicles, if you, as you've just mentioned, and uh, household insurance. My, my house is covered by Discovery Insure. Um, and I guess that uh, you, you, you're going into businesses as well, and you're offering all sorts of things. You know, I want to ask you on cybersecurity. You know, cybersecurity has become such a big thing. It's something that's very close to my heart. And you just look at the the, the global threat. Uh, in fact, uh, this is not. Uh, I mean, this is coming from the World Economic Forum, and it's coming from various people who've done the research. And they say that uh, cyber risks are on top of the most dangerous things that can destabilize. Uh, everything around us, um, and and I guess that when you look at how much ransomware is happening out there, how many uh, organisations are being hit every single day with uh, data theft, etc., etc., uh, the, the, the cyber criminals are employing the most interesting and uh, innovative tricks to try and break into systems. Tell us about your outlook on cyber security as Discovery Insure. Sure. So, Aki, so when we started our commercial business now about three years ago, we wanted to focus on the key risks of today. So cover the risks of yesterday that are important as well, the physical risks, the, you know, your, your motor fleet, your factory, your warehouse. Those are obviously very, very important, but those aren't the only risks that a company should be worrying about today. There's, there's risks that are potentially going to become more relevant you know, over time and may even be a bigger thing to worry about than the risks that we, we have previously worried about. So cyber insurance is one of them. Um, I'll mention another two, and then I'll go back to cyber insurance. Um, reputational risk is, is important as well. So, you know, the reputation of many businesses, you know, if their business burns down, it's one thing. But if their reputation and their brand gets tarnished on social media, you know, that's much more significant. So kind of reputation and social media many times go hand in hand. But those are very, very important risks um, that companies need to be insuring against and managing against and ensuring that if something goes wrong, you have the right team of people that can be called in, um, sometimes at quite expensive rates, but paid for effectively through an insurance policy um, to help manage those, you know, the, those issues. Um, going back to cyber insurance, so, so we've offered cyber insurance from day one, um, and we've made it available much easier for the smaller company. So our focus of our commercial insurance business isn't for big corporates. It's for smaller businesses and medium-sized businesses. So, you know, businesses from anything employing one person to employing a couple hundred people, you know, that would be the typical client that, would, that we, we would be interested in. Um, and many of them think that cyber insurance or cyber risk doesn't apply to them. They think the big banks should be worrying about cyber insurance and the big data bureaus. And those are the people that should be worrying about cyber insurance. And, of course, they should um, and cyber risk. But so should uh, you know a small business. I mean, we've heard of situations of of medical practices, you know, having their um, their database compromised by by cyber criminals, and they have to pay a ransom to get access to their own data. Um, legal practices, we've heard about the same thing. Um, insurance broker, I heard of an insurance broker that their, their client base was compromised. They had to pay I can't remember X number of bitcoins to to get access to their own Scary. customer base. Again, this, these things are happening. Every single day, people think it's not happening to them. It's not going to happen to them. As long as you've got a database with sensitive client information and it's exposed to the internet, you're effectively at risk. Um, so we offer an insurance policy where you can take out cover depending on how much cover you require through your insurance broker. It's a conversation that they would assist you in, in determining how much cover to get. It covers first-party and third-party risks. So first-party is being your own data access to your own business, your own systems. Third-party risk is 
being sued by a third party because you've now exposed their data to, to the outside world. So it covers both first and third party. Um, and what it also does is it takes it further from just being an insurance policy that pays out an amount of money. We partnered with a, an expert in, in this field called AVES. Um, they specialize effectively in cyber, in cyber risk. Um, and they provide preventative packages, so you can get a preventative package relatively cost-effectively where you can ensure that every one of your computers effectively is constantly being screened to make sure that it's not, not being compromised. Um, and the right firewalls and the right processes to ensure that even if you're a small company, you don't have a big IT department, um, it doesn't mean that you don't have you know, access to the best um, resources. And then should you know, something happen and someone actually is able to get into your systems, that's where they really sort of invoke their, um, their, their, their resources to, uh, to mitigate it, just to stop it happening further, to understand the extent of it, and really sort of help manage the situation at that point in time. So, so I think it's a very, very important partner to have for any you know, small, medium-sized business and not just expect it to be an issue for companies that are written about in the newspapers. There's a lot of yeah. small companies that aren't written about in the newspapers. And I guess it's, um, you know, it, it, for organizations today, big or small, uh, to not have any kind of uh, cybersecurity insurance is, is, is looking for trouble, right? It's like, it's like driving a car without insurance. Um, you know, in today's world, you have to take a look at that very, very seriously. Are you finding a big uptake on companies who are now saying we want to be covered for cyber? I think that we've seen a n the number of inquiries go up, so certainly a lot more people are interested in it. Um, I think the take-up is still relatively small compared to the number of people that have small commercial insurance. And I think it's just a, it's a knowledge kind of gathering game. I think advisors, clients are gathering knowledge, trying to understand more and more about it. And I think that the uptick definitely will, or the, the numbers that take it up will definitely increase over time. You know, we're trying to provide a, a very simple to understand product so that it's not a complicated process. It's not very expensive. So I think relative to the turnover of most businesses is actually quite a small spend. Um, but it's, I think, an important spend to have um, in, in the business. And as you say, you wouldn't run a business and you'd forget to insure your warehouse. Um, yeah. So why would you run a business and not be concerned about your data? Interesting stuff. Anton, you, you're, you're very passionate about entrepreneurship. And Discovery itself uh, carries itself uh, with the passion and vigor of a startup. And that's something that you guys have not lost. And that's what I love about Discovery, not resting on its laurels or falling prey to any incumbency. Um, Discovery Business Insurance, uh, we were just talking about it earlier, has a goal of impacting 10,000 small and medium-sized enterprises. Tell us about uh, what those practical measures are in place to support these small and medium-sized enterprises through training. You know, um, I understand you've got a, a plumber program, you've got a business incubation, uh, you've got all sorts of partnerships going on with your insurance clients. Um, I find that really fascinating because if you look at the economy, it's these businesses that are driving the economy right now. Absolutely. I mean, in any economy, um, it's driven by SMEs, ultimately. You always have you know, large companies, and you'll have a sort of finite number of large companies, but then you'll have, you know, hundreds of thousands, you know, if not millions of small companies that, that power economies. And, and the best economies of the world are the ones that embrace the, the SME space and help them to succeed, help them to survive, and hopefully become the corporates of tomorrow. So, Absolutely. you know, Discovery is a, a case in point. You know, 30 years ago, we were, we were an SME. You know, we were a small business you know, started by two individuals who had a dream and, you know, it was built into a, into a big organization. And we, I think as a business, still feel in many ways like we are a startup. We operate in many ways, 
new, you know, we're operating new businesses all the time. We have founders, all, you know, in all, you know, all parts of our business that, you know, are with the business for for many, many years and, and watch it grow into big businesses. And and we want to apply the same sort of entrepreneurial thinking to to the way we work with our customers. Um, so we do a number of things. You know, within our commercial business, um, we have a partnership with Endeavor. Um, that um, effectively it's a, a, a kind of an incubator to help small businesses become big businesses. It's a global organization. You know, many South African companies have become sort of Ende- Endeavor partners. Um, and we use their kind of thinking and try to find a way to scale what they do in small numbers to do it in big numbers across our cu- customer base by, by giving a sort of curated number of partners that can help our customers in terms of, of scaling and growing their businesses. Um, you mentioned an initiative with, um, with plumbers. That's something we started last year um, in partnership with Raise Corp, um, who have a lot of experience in terms of helping um, small, you know, little businesses become more formal. So taking businesses on the informal sector and into the formal sector. And we've done that in the plumbing community because we believe that there was an opportunity to help small plumbers, people that were sort of running one-man businesses, to become more formalized, um, to be able to operate working with insurance companies like ourselves. You know, so we help them with training and business training and just making sure they, they're professional in the way they, they're effectively addressing the problems that insurance companies have. And it's early days, but I think I'm, I'm very, very passionate about what they can achieve um, as we scale that over, um, over time. So, you know, many, many different things. Aki could talk about this topic all day long. But if, we, if we're able to do, so, I think, a little bit here to help more and more companies not fail in the early years, because that's typically what happens. SMEs yeah. have a great idea. They start the business and then something goes wrong. And, you know, that's the end of the business after a year or two because they never thought about the risks. Yeah, no, that's spot on, Anton. Uh, no, it's fantastic that you guys are doing that and just uh, nurturing that business, uh, those small businesses who will become big businesses at some point. The, the pandemic has really shifted the outlook for short-term insurers. Uh, what, what are the key issues uh, that your clients and uh, consumers are facing, for example? I, for example, am uh, finding myself driving less than I did, uh, you know, pre-2020. And I imagine that's a trend across the board. And I imagine that hybrid working is shifting all sorts of other parameters. What, what kind of trends are you seeing from your clients and your consumers? Yeah, so certainly in the early days of pandemic, that was the big focus was, you know, people weren't driving at all. You remember April 2020, there was sort of zero driving taking place. So we shifted our benefits and made them all into reduced um, driving benefits as opposed to driving well benefits. You know, it's in the past, you know, you used to get a score for driving well. And depending on that score, you got a discount on the fuel that you purchased. Well, when you weren't purchasing any fuel, that discount didn't really sort of come into play. So so we shifted our benefits and we made them into a benefit for reduced driving. And we, we I think we're the only insurer that's carried that right out. Um, and we've we sort of really done that to, to date where um, we've been paying out every single month for people bri- driving low sort of distance in, um, you know, lo- low distance per month. Um, where I think insurers are now sort of shifting a lot of attention is actually just managing a very, very complex supply chain challenge, I think, that, we, that we're all dealing with. And it's worth maybe just setting that out because it probably hasn't been spoken much sort of publicly yet. Um, but inflation is a, is a phenomenon that I think we're all going to be dealing with globally, um, where, you know, just everything's going up, whether it's from the pandemic, now obviously the difficulties in, in Eastern Europe, but you know, inflation is 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 certainly rising, and and one of the areas that we found a lot of challenges is just actually getting access to motor parts. So motor parts, which are generally imported, you know, mostly coming from the east, are subject to a significant increase in shipping cost 
you know, anyone that's in the shipping industry or importing anything would know what I'm talking about, but the cost of shipping has gone up by five or six times um, compared to what it was pre-pandemic. And, and that ultimately translates into a more expensive motor part. Um, and very often the motor part is not actually, you can't even get hold of that motor part. It's just not available. So there's, there's a big sh shortage. There's a shortage on, on uh, microchips you know, coming out of the east. And therefore, you probably know that getting hold of a, a new motor car at the moment is a challenge. They, there's just no stock. So you can wait months and months to get a new motor car. And that's had a, a spin-off effect on used cars. So used car prices have gone through the roof. They're 30 to 40% up now um, because people can't get hold of new cars. So they're obviously bidding up the price of, of used cars. So, so these are the challenges that affect us on a daily basis because what we do on a daily basis is we fix cars. You know, yes. a half percentage of our business is, is motor vehicle accidents. You know, it goes to a panel shop and ultimately we're responsible for making sure the car is fixed. And when you can't get hold of motor parts, that obviously is very challenging. So, so these are some of the, the kind of the, yeah. the post-pandemic if I can't call it quite post-pandemic because we're still in slightly in the pandemic, but you know the, the towards the end of the pandemic challenges that I think we we facing the same things around the world. So every single insurance company around the world is dealing with the exact same challenges: how to be you know efficient and slick and cost-effective about the way you manage insurance, so that ultimately insurance remains a cost-effective purchase. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that the other day, and I'm glad you raised the, the price in the motoring industry, right? You look at the price of cars. Firstly, you can't get brand new cars. You've got to wait for four months. I mean, the chip shortage has had a profound impact. And second-hand second car prices, you know, you can pay anything up to 20% over the value of the actual vehicle. So how on earth does one insure a vehicle that's only worth X amount in a book? And you go to an insurer like Discovery and you say, I want to insure my car. I've paid 600000 but you tell me it's only worth 500000 How does that impact the entire transaction? So, so we actually introduced a product. This was actually a little bit before the pandemic. We introduced a product called the Retail Value Booster. So that allows you to effectively insure your car for 15% more than the traditional book value. You know, the book value that's been used for decades and decades in the insurance industry, it's used by all insurance companies, you can actually insure it for 15% above that value. Um, the intention originally was because some people keep their cars in very, very good condition, um, and they know that if their car is written off or stolen, um, they want to be able to buy the best condition new car they can uh, used car they can find because that puts them back into the the position. So, so okay. we allow them to effectively top up their their cover. They pay a slightly higher premium, so it's not fifteen percent more; it's, le it's less than that. So they pay a slightly higher premium for fifteen percent more cover, effectively. Um, now it's being used and it's more it's more relevant because just that that value that book value is lagging what's happening in reality that because car prices are moving so quickly, there's a lag factor. So, yes. so it's definitely something to consider. You know, you should look at it for yourself if, you, if you're interested. But at the end of the day, the last thing you want is your, you know, the book value of your car is 200,000, but when you need to replace it, it's 250,000 um, okay. for the exact same car, similar mileage, condition, whatever. And now you've got a 50,000 rand shortfall. So, yeah. so being able to at least meet as much of that shortfall as possible um, is something that I think is, is quite relevant. And finally, Anton, if I may engage you, I know that it might not be a discovery stance on where things are at the moment, but I'm like you, I'm just fascinated by the way technology is moving. And you look at the amount of electric vehicles in the road, and you hear about these self-driving vehicles, and you look at the trends, and you know, by by all accounts, um, you know, people say, well, it's never going to happen. But you and I know that it is going to happen at one point. There is going to be an inflection point. I mean, you look at a country like Finland where they only sell electric vehicles. 
and it's going to be just a matter of time before vehicles are driving us and technology is driving us without any drivers. And, and people say, well, it's going to take you know, 50 years to come to South Africa. I don't think so. I think it, these kind of technologies will be here within the next decade. Um, what is your take on the, the future of driving and the self-driving vehicles and how that might impact ins the insurance industry? Yeah, so I think there are two different parts to, to that question. The one is um, electric cars and the other part is kind of self-driving cars. So yes. electric cars, you know, in my view, that's, that's imminent. Um, you know, I think as soon as the, obviously the cost of, theirs, of the cars come down, so the cost differential between their petrol equivalent and electric car narrows, um, and potentially, you know, if there are any sort of tax breaks in, in time, like many of the countries, you know, probably Finland, I know in the UK, you know, definitely there's a, there's a tax break effectively on the, on the differential between an electric car and, uh, and uh, a petrol version of the car. So, so the government's effectively incentivizing people to go away, move away from sort of carbon driven cars. Um, so, so I think in any way or form that is coming and I think that's coming quite soon. Um, Self-driving cars. Difficult one to predict. You know, a couple of years ago, I think it was. It felt like it was imminent. It felt like this this train was moving and it's moving quickly, and they're going to be sort of, you know, coming to to you know to all sort of cities around the world. Um, and then things started slowing down. There were one or two bad incidents with the self-driving car getting into an accident, and you know, one or two injuries as a result of that. And I think people got nervous. Where you know, probably incorrectly so, because accidents happen, you know, when humans are driving, and so why can't they happen if if a computer's driving it? But there's a different psychological factor, I think, to to an accident caused when there's no human behind the wheel. Um, mm. So I think the difficulty is, is how the two interrelate, uh, you know, self-driving car with human driving cars, you know, interrelate in, a, in an ecosystem. You know, you can imagine a, a kind of a new city starts and it's only self-driving cars and that's all you have. You kind of, that, that sounds like it, it makes sense. How the two interact, how, you know, no computer can predict the unpredictability of a human. I mean, a human can't predict that. So how can a computer, um, you know, it, those are the, the difficulties, I think, that, that have to still be played out. Um, yeah. And in the developed markets, while the technology is there, they're not rolling out in, in sort of great numbers yet. So um, yes. from our perspective, we obviously embrace anything that improves, um, you know, the reduction in accidents. And if it reduces accidents, that's a good thing. So, you know, will the insurance industry be affected by it? It will definitely be affected by it, but it will it will kind of, you know, merge into something else. It will offer different yeah. types of cover. You know, there will be, you'll be covering the motor manufacturer and their liabilities, maybe less than the driver and their liabilities if it's not, the, if there is no driver. Um, you know, you may find much fewer accidents, but the accidents may be way more expensive because you've got very complicated, um, you know, technology. So you'll have less customers, maybe higher premiums. So at the end of the day, the insurance industry will adapt and it's adapted you know, since the early days of the 18 or 1700s when contracts were written in Lloyd's Coffee Shop uh, for, for shipping voyages across the sea. Insurance industries have come a long way since then and will come a long way, you know, forward. Um, from, a, from an electric cars perspective, there's going to be, again, there's going to be, you know, a difference in the way the accidents ultimately sort of translate. There's going to be six, uh, significant expensive parts that need to be replaced. You know, if you start replacing sort of, you know, you won't be replacing engines or petrol engines, you'll be replacing battery packs, which are, are pretty expensive as well. So, you know, again, there'll be adaption for, for that. So it's exciting. I think it's exciting times. I think it, innovative insurance companies will find the opportunities to add value um, as sort of the asset base changes.
Anton, uh, tell me about your driving academy. I'm hearing really interesting things about it and just improving driver behavior. Uh, how's that thing sure, going? Aki, so, so we launched last year um, the Discovery Insured, in Discovery Insured Driving Academy here at One Discovery Place, where we've brought in some of the most high-tech um, driving simulators in the world, um, where you feel that you're driving a car. Um, it's a simulator, you know, but it doesn't feel like a TV game. It feels like you're actually driving a car with a gearbox um, and, you know, a realistic feeling steering wheel and windscreen wipers. And it, it really just feels absolutely as, as close as possible to, to doing the real thing and our thinking around that is that youngsters go on the road and they start learning how to drive and they've never been behind the wheel of a car now you know they go behind their parents car or driving instructors car um, and we thought that this would be a better way for people to get their first taste of driving in a obviously very controlled um, sort of manner uh, 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 controlled way um, so we've got a full-time driving instructor who works with us um, he's got a huge amount of expertise in the space um, people can book online um, it's available online for people to book in fact it's it's really really it's really cost effective um, it's being offered I think as a as a as a special at the moment for a couple hundred rand I think it's probably cost as much as maybe one session on the road with a driving instructor or maybe two and here you get a number of, of sessions um, you know three to five sessions that you can have and it gives you that familiarity and makes you you know comfortable with how to to change gears and how to navigate the road um, before you then you know, or let loose on your on your parents' car or yeah. your driving instructor's car. So it's just a better way, we think, of teaching the foundational sort of requirements for, for people to learn to drive. So we, we're very excited about it. It's, it's a pilot. We're only doing it in Johannesburg at the moment until we see how it operates. And then something we would love to expand to all our driving um, centers around the country. We have a number of these driving centers where people can do everything to do with Discovery Insure at a driving center. And we'll look to potentially put some of these simulators in um, over time. So, you know, if you've got a, a child who's he's just got his learner's license, try it out. It's a couple hundred rand. Um, it's a you know, very safe place to do it. And hopefully their chances of passing their driving test and being a better driver is that much better. I think we even discount insurance premiums for any youngster that goes through this course because we're that confident that they're going to be a better driver. So they get an automatic discount on their insurance premiums. So it probably pays for itself in the first month or two of their insurance premiums. Brilliant. I love it. Absolutely brilliant. Anton Ossip, uh, Chief Executive Officer for Discovery Insure. It's always so good to chat to you and, uh, you know, tapping into your mind and how you're thinking. It's an absolute pleasure to talk to you again, Anton. Thank you very much for your time and uh, we, we wish you well. And uh, here's to the, the next 10 years at Discovery Insure. May you guys grow from strength to strength. Okay, thanks very much. Appreciate being on your show. Thank you, Anton.